0: Hi, I'm Caitlin and I'm Beanie and we're from the new movie Booksmart and you're listening to Girls on
1: Film. Hello and welcome to Girls on Film. This episode is a Booksmart bonus episode that comes to you from Cameo in Mayfair. I'm very pleased to have with me as my guest today the wonderful critic Karen Krasanovich. Hello. Great to have you here. We also had an interview with Beanie Felstein and Caitlin Dever, the stars of Booksmart, so we're going to be hearing from them today as well. First of all, Karen, let's set up the movie a little bit. It's about female friendship, isn't it? On the last day of high school,
2: two smart young girls decide to go for one big party, Right. Well, yes. Now I'd heard that I was supposed to see Booksmart. Everybody kept telling me. There's word of mouth. You don't get this very often, and it makes you not want to go. Everybody tells you to go, but I went. And the fact that this opens up with these two women who are very smart, they're very individualistic, they're very good friends, and they're not exactly model types, but they're super confident, and they're carrying forward with their careers. They've got good ideas about what they want to do with their future. And you think, where is this going to go? Because you like them already. Principal Brown. Oh. Hi, Molly, Amy, what's shaking? I want
0: to make the transition of next year's student government as seamless as possible so that when I'm up in New Haven... Yale.
2: You can just say Yale, please.
0: Well, our class's official policy is to not discuss where
3: anyone is attending next year. We don't want them to feel insecure.
2: Very thoughtful.
1: I mean it's interesting that Jonah Hill was in Superbad and now Beanie seen his sister, is in this. And there's a very similar structure in a way, isn't it? They all want to go and find a party and have fake ideas and, you know, get drunk and, and pull. But this being gender flipped, literally, is just a whole world different, isn't it?
2: It feels very different. And I think the fact is They don't really have anything to prove, but they have something to prove to themselves because they do feel as if the last four years has been a little bit of a trick. You know, they've been putting their nose to the grindstone and studying really hard and everybody else has been goofing off and they find out to their horror that the people that were goofing off and having a good time and getting bad reputations are going to Harvard and Yale and all these other places that they're working very, very hard to get into. So I think they need to prove in one night that they can have four years of fun. But the nice thing about it is that it's not aggressive. There are some uncomfortable moments, but you never feel there's any real cruelty. Not really. Although I do have to say that Booksmart is to a certain extent idealistic, and I think it's quite a fantasy. It's what could be if we had better judgment at that age.
1: That's interesting you say that. I felt at the beginning, certainly there were times when Beanie's character, Molly, was dismissive of certain people and that's slightly grates because you're being asked to like her and you see her being prejudiced. But then I think in a very subtle way, the director, Olivia Wilde, who is, at by the way, tremendous directorial debut here, um, she, she sort of makes that progression to understanding and tolerance very subtle, and she's not hitting you over the head with it.
2: Well, I think the the fact that she's opinionated helps. I mean, we don't want somebody that's going around like Dalai Lama and just liking everybody. But then again, Dalai Lama doesn't like everybody either. But um, Molly is very judgmental in so far as she thinks that she knows what's best for people, at least at this point in time. But then again, she wants to be a Supreme Court judge. And so her focus is quite intense. So we have to... Kind of allow her that, I think.
0: I'm going to Yale, too. I got in early. To Yale. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, um, Tanner, where are you going to school?
3: Uh, I'm, I'm playing soccer at Stanford.
0: Stanford University? <laughs> what are you guys
1: talking about? That's uh,
3: yeah, mm-hmm. Stanford.
1: Stanford mm-hmm. University. Hey, I'm not
3: going to college. I got recruited to go code for Google. I mean, it's not Apple, but... The bennies are pretty tight, man, and it's mid-six figures, so I'm not complaining.
1: And You failed the seventh grade twice.
0: Rule of threes.
1: Congratulations to you both, and welcome to Girls on Film. Thank, Thank you. you Booksmart is an incredible film. Um, Caitlin, first of all, tell me how it came about for you. I read Booksmart about four years ago
3: and immediately fell in love with it. The idea that I got to be a leading character in a film about female friendship was so exciting to me, and the fact that it was not only about a female friendship, but that it was made by women as well. I wanted it to happen, like, immediately, and I put it before anything else. And two years later, Olivia came on, and I just remember knowing immediately. I was like, oh, no one else can direct this movie but but Liv. And I remember in her first meeting, she pitched... The story is high school is war. And she had so many ideas for these girls. She had so much passion for this story. And she also said, This movie cannot be made without Beanie Feldstein. So it's just not going to be made.
0: Me her. <laughs> I had no idea this was going on. But <laughs> <Meanwhile, laughs> I.
3: You were doing Hello, Hello Doll?
0: Dolly in New York, um, which is heaven. But I had read the script in an earlier um, incarnation. And I just was so enthralled with the idea of two brilliant, dedicated, passionate, unapologetic young women and the story of their friendship being at the center of a comedy. That was so, so exciting to me. But it wasn't going to be made and the timing was, you know, sort of, I didn't know where it, where it was in the world. Mm-hmm. And then I um, got a call that Olivia wanted to have lunch with me and I was like, Yes, literally name the day I will make myself available. Um, And it was the same feeling of like when she told me she was directing Booksmart, it was like, boom, like the planets colliding in like the perfect (laughs) way. It was like everything you could want in a director. She was, even in that first meeting, she was so visionary and so clear in what she wanted this film to be and had so many fresh ideas that all have made it into the film, like the dance fantasy sequence and the stop-motion yeah. sequence, the Barbie trip. and
1: all... I love the Barbie trip. It's, it's... You know what
0: I love about Olivia? She always says, why are we making a film? This isn't, um, we're not re- writing a novel or we're not making a song. We're making a film. And so she really loves, that's what I love about her directorial debut. It's so bold. And she really wanted to use the medium to her advantage and really explore what you can do within a comedy in that medium, um, which is why I think the movie is so, so fresh and so vibrant. It's because like, of it's, her. It's like something you've never seen before yeah. because
3: she made such bold choices. Like even with the sound, yeah, the sound is like slightly louder than than most movies you might see or comedies you m- might see like on in purpose. the soundtrack on purpose. Because usually when you're at a party or you're watching a, a party scene in a movie the volume of the music in the edit is sort of just a little bit lower so that you can hear the dialogue. But she was like, why? I mean, we know what's going on in the scene and we can we can make it a little more louder at, in yeah. different points the of music, the
0: movie. And the music, when the needle drops happen, they are done with in a way that they want to be noticed, mm-hmm. not in a way of like to be sort of unnoticed or used without in a, um, yeah. specificity. They're really specifically asking you to feel a certain thing in a certain time and, and notice the songs and the soundtrack is so incredible. She just doesn't leave a stone unturned. And I think that is what makes her such an exceptional director. <laughs> Nobody knows that we are fun. We didn't party because we wanted to focus on school and get into good colleges. And it worked, but the irresponsible people who partied also got into those colleges. We have to go to a party tonight. What? No. 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 Not acceptable. This is not okay. Who allowed you to be this beautiful? Who allowed you to be this beautiful? Who allowed you to take my breath away? Picture this.
1: Was there a kind of female friendly atmosphere on set? Were there a lot of other women behind the scenes? Yeah. Talk me through it. Well
0: yeah. Katie Silverman, our incredible writer, and Olivia have the most beautiful partnership, creative partnership and friendship that I've ever seen. Yeah. And so we were making this movie two women in a beautiful friendship were making this movie about two women <laughs> in a beautiful friendship. Um we kept joking that they're like Molly and Amy in the future and it was i mean we had so many so many female heads of department Katie Byron our incredible production designer and April Aubrey Napier. Marie and Liz Lash
3: I mean April Napier is an incredible costume designer incredible. she is i always say i've never felt more like a character before when you cuz when you're an actor you put on your clothes you get in hair and makeup and that's when you finally feel like okay i'm this person for today and i've never felt more like, my even character. Even those little
0: Birkenstocks, I could just
3: She's faint. so detailed. April's so detailed. She yeah. even gave us little necklaces that no one would ever really
0: Yeah, know I know
3: that we had matching necklaces, but it was, like, more for our development and just, yeah. like, little things like that.
0: I don't often, um, I speak my mind in my personal life, but rarely in a work setting do <laughs> I really come in hot with a with an opinion, and, um, I had worked with April on Lady Bird, and Olivia asked me what I thought how I thought she'd fit for Booksmart and I've never sent a longer email in my life I was like there is no one else you have to choose April and I've never been more confident that a a creative kind of spirit was right for a project and we had all of our fittings together even those like little innovative touches of like typically actors would come in separately for fittings we had every fitting together even hair and makeup consultations together like everything happened as a duo in a way that it really serves the film in, in a very special way
1: and as your friendship seems to have survived off screen, right? <laughs> you or you hate each other now? Uh,
0: thrived in fact. <laughs> um
3: yes, no, we're going to be friends forever. Yeah. We when we met, we knew it was it was immediate. We knew that we it was going to just click. Yeah. And we had both been attached to the movie before we had met. So it was almost as though I was like Finally, I, I finally had the puzzle piece that was missing for me. I was like, oh my
0: god, there she is. There's my molly It was so I, cool. I fed Caitlyn a cookie with my bare hands yesterday <laughs>
1: yeah. That's friendship, right? That's
0: friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. It was actually in my mouth <laughs> <I took it. laughs>
1: I That's cute, that's quite a picture. It's like yeah. Lady and the Tramp or something yeah.
0: We haven't done anything. We haven't broken any rules. Okay,
3: we've broken a lot of rules one We have fake IDs? Fake college
0: IDs so we can get into their 24 hour library. Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple of rules. Picasso.
3: That's he broke art rules. Name a person who broke a real rule. Rosa
0: Parks. Name another one. Susan B. Anthony. God damn it.
1: When I spoke to Olivia Wilde for Metro, she said a lot of this film was for her about not judging people. And she felt like she was put into a box herself when she was a kid. And people thought, well, you're a theatre girl, but you hang out with jocks. I don't understand. I can't, you know, hem you into a box. And as a director herself, Olivia Wilde has proved that she's more than literally more than just a pretty face. Right. Because she's a beautiful actress. So why shouldn't she be a great comedy director? She is.
2: Well, exactly. She said that this was the first time in her working career that her looks didn't matter and she said that she was really quite abashed by that i think and um when i was in high school i usually would hang around with the latinas and the latinos i'd hang around with the smart kids the pot smokers the jocks the pom pom girls hated me cuz i hit one in the face with a pom pom but it i drifted a lot and i think that molly because of her position as class president was able to drift through these these pods of people and she started judging them because nobody really talks to each other because you're so cut off you want to be cool and i think if anything book smart is a lesson on how to really be cool and it's not what you think
1: I also love the fact that you have a queer character and a straight character who are really good friends. That's never really addressed. They just both happen to fancy different sexes, and that's fine. And it's part of the story. And in fact, the only sex scene we see is between two women. Hmm. Caitlin spoke to me a little bit about the sex scenes and then filming them with Olivia Wilde, so let's have a listen to that.
3: Well, I love that it's not overly sexualized in some weird way and that we show... All of the like, the love scene. The yeah. love scene is so great because of how we kept all of the awkwardness. And Olivia has this great close up of this converse that <laughs> you show everything. You show the untying of the converse. You show the pants coming off, and you know pants aren't easy to take off. And sometimes. your character's and, like,
0: maybe I should take mine off too. I know, it's yeah. So I, I thought
3: about that last night. When yeah. We saw I it. think it's a beautiful scene, and I was so. And again, there's no one better than Olivia to direct something like that because I think that she had been, you know, as an actor, you're put in situations sometimes where you're told it's a closed set and then you actually get to the set for the sex scene or the hookup scene and it's not actually a closed set. And Olivia made sure that it was a closed set. She was the only one with the monitor and then there was the camera operator or DP and then that's it. And then it was me and Diana and she really allowed us to just stay honest and, and true in that space and I am so like happy that it's in the film yeah really
0: I also just love that you see incredibly brilliant young women who are very especially my character very type A very um, you know serious and intellectual and yet talking about masturbation and talking about wanting to have their first experiences in are are completely, like, sexual-interested young women, even though they're also obsessed with academics and going yeah. to Yale and want to be the, a Supreme Court justice. Um, and I think that's really special. I've, I've yet to see um, that type of character, who's so um, scholastic in that way, be given space to to just talk to her girlfriend, uh, her friend, who's a girl, about her wants and her needs. And, and it's such a mutual hysterical conversation between them. (laughs) And also we love that it's a a friendship between a queer girl and a straight girl. And they are so excited for each other and so proud of each other. And each other's sexuality never comes into it. I think if it was another teen film, they'd either be fighting over the same boy or there'd be a jealousy issue. Or, or they'd there... make fun of each other. Yeah.
1: Or one, if, if it was a queer girl and a straight girl, then one might fancy the other yeah, or exactly. something. Yeah,
0: exactly. And we're like, go no. get him, girl. Like, I'm so <laughs> proud of you. Go get that girl. We, I, we love you. Go get that guy. He, no one deserves anyone more than he deserves you. And it's such a beautiful, I love the line that Caitlin says in the film where she says, he would be lucky to be a footnote in your story. That's one of my favorite lines in the whole film. It's so symbolic of the way that they think, which is so yeah. sweet that they, like, think in there's, footnotes. There's a
3: moment where my character slaps her across the face when she's getting down on herself and i'm like how dare you say that about my best friend yeah and In it's so it's
0: mind. so beautiful and, and just like the idea of you know hookups may come and go and they're valid and they feel very you know soul crushing at the moment but friendship is you know forever amy don't do your lecture voice that was not a party well it definitely was a party that was a detour we are a plus people and we were going to an A plus party.
1: Do you know what else I found refreshing um, is that it's a teen movie about young women but they're not insecure about their bodies. There's no talk about that at all and that seems incredibly unusual.
3: I think a lot of the movies that I grew up on, the, the women in them felt the need to change something about
0: themselves too.
3: And or kind of forced to. Or forced to, right exactly. I, I or love feel the, the Princess the
0: Diaries to- but She's literally, like, put like, in a chair I and, like, always, made to sit still. I know,
3: and I always wish that she at least went back to the curly hair yeah. and her glasses. like And those brows. I know. We love, uh, we love a brow.
1: <laughs> what other films did you grow up watching? That's an interesting point that you raise. You know, the ones that you watched, and, and how do you think things are going to be in the future? Let's say Booksmart changes the future.
3: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I just think it's, like, a. I think... Olivia has such a a grand understanding of this generation and I think that this film beautifully represents every type of person young person in this generation and I think that that's incredible to as a young person or really anybody for that representation to be in a in a in an adventure comedy that's going to be seen by a lot of people it's not just you know an indie film that's going to play a few theaters. It's going wide. So the fact that that Even is Even to see it
0: here last night in London, we were just like, oh my God. It's, it's,
3: it's incredible. And to know that like my 15-year-old sister is going to grow up on this film. And yeah. There's actually a couple of girls tweeted us and said that this was their new sleepover movie, and that blew... <laughs> it brought us to tears. ...our minds. But we're also getting like... Parents coming up to us and thanking us and thanking Olivia for making this movie and saying, like, I am so happy that this is the movie that my kids get to grow up on. Yeah,
0: and I mean, like, at the time, I feel like when I when I watched Princess Diaries, for that time, that movie was so feminist, and she was so um, special and quirky and unique, and, you know, obviously we've moved on a decade. Yeah. And so I think every film is really... Um, there's so many films that at their time were really radical and now looking back maybe have some flaws and but i what i love about booksmart is that it's just it has a spirit of in- inclusivity that is just it just radiates throughout the film and it's never something that's forced or um the film never beats the audience over the head with it it's just the spirit of the film is inclusive and accepting and it's a message of not judging people and i think we could all use a little bit of that no matter how old you are
1: you grew up watching, I presume, films about boys having fun and partying and masturbating and <laughs> yes. such like. How refreshing it is to, to be harnessing that kind of spirit in something like Booksmart.
3: Yeah. yeah well, I, I think even in general, getting sent a, a, a comedy as you know an actor, we don't get sent comedies very often. Like it's very rare, and it's very rare for two young women to lead a comedy. I just think that that's like. Yeah a huge stepping stone just in and of itself yeah, but like
0: absolutely yeah i feel like women grow up subliminally asked or forced to identify with male stories because that is i'm i was a sociology major in college so forgive me but like we are subliminally told that there aren't that many female stories because that is what is given to us at a incredibly young age so we learn to identify with male stories But men have not been asked throughout time to do the same. And so I think the shift that's going on right now and and the celebration of female stories and female voices, it's just going to level out the playing field in such a beautiful way. And I think it's going to show people of all genders, whether you're male, female, or somewhere in the middle, that there is room for your voice on screen and there's room for your story on screen. And you can relate to anyone no matter what their gender, their sexual preference, their religion. And I think Booksmart is really just a celebration of that energy more than anything. Yeah. You think about JK Rowling writing Harry Potter and that film wouldn't, I mean that those books and then eventually the films would not have, I don't think sold if it was Hermione's story, but the story doesn't exist without Hermione. Like she literally gets everything done. Um, But, you know, you have to have a girl there to, like, That's move so the true. story forward. But the story has to be about a boy for it to be, at that time, for it to be successful. And now I think we're getting to a place where we just always say we don't, we hope that our movies eventually are not female-led movies. Oh, this is a, the new female-led movie. Or They're this just is movies. a female version of insert Another movie. Blank. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well said, both of you. <laughs> thank you so much, Beanie and Caitlin, for being Girls on Film.
0: Yes, thank, thank you, for you for having us. That's so great. I'm calling Malala. Wow, you
3: know you only get like one Malala a year. Yeah, I'm calling it.
0: Full support, no questions asked, you are coming with me.
1: Book Smart is all about women working together, so we're delighted to be supported by Cameo for this special episode. Cameo is a female run audio production house and broadcast PR consultancy. They deliver entertainment content and A list guests to international radio and podcasts. If you're doing a podcast, I suggest you check out their Mayfair studio. Their website is cameopro.com. Now, you and I, Karen, have both done events with Bird's Eye View for this film, which has gone down really well with audiences. And I've been so interested to hear the responses um, from people about this film. People mostly love it. But we did have a criticism when I was in Birmingham recently with Bird's Eye View uh, from one of the audience saying that there is a lack of racial diversity in this film. What would you say to that?
2: There, there aren't a lot of uh, people's colour uh, but there there are there are ethnicities in there, and a lot of times you kind of can't tell. The guy that's going to MIT, yeah, or the, no, Google, he's going to Google. Yes. Is he Mexican? Is he Latino? Is he Hawaiian? I don't know. Yeah, you yeah, know. My, you
1: know, biracial characters, certainly, mm-hmm, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that was necessarily an issue, but I think that's a valid response. Um, but, but at the same time, you know, the thing is. is Perhaps we're holding a movie that does some things brilliantly to really high standards because we want it to do everything brilliantly and not every single movie can be representative in every single way.
2: No. And I also think that the people of colour that were represented were quite striking, very strong characters. I was thinking on the way over here about uh, what the characters wanted to be. I think that's one of the things that I liked about Booksmart is that all of the very, very distinctive characters had very solid ideas about who they were at that point. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a black man putting on a gold lame dress, you go ahead and do it. And and it's going to be cool because we're going to like it. And it's that kind of thing.
1: And actually, one of my favorite characters is the black female teacher who um, turns up with a, a trunk load of really amazing glittering clothes. <laughs> and, you know, once again, bucking expectation. You think, oh, she's a teacher, but she's got this trunk full of like fancy dress clothes and she really wants to go and get stoned with the guy at the party. And there's loads of little things that just surprise you about that.
2: You two want me to drive you to an unsupervised house party?
1: Well, good. I'm glad you guys are having some fun before graduation. Oh. <gasps> <laughs> really?
2: Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. I don't want you guys to make the same mistake I did. What do you mean? I spent the majority of my 20s overcompensating for the fact that I never had fun in high school. And, you know, the pendulum then swung in a completely different direction. I mean, I went crazy. I had some really dark moments there in my 20s, like some really dark moments.
1: Let's face it, one of the best things about it is that it's really, really funny, right? What, for you, were the funniest
2: moments? Oh, God. well, there are so many funny but so many excruciatingly funny bits, like the panda. That's yeah. one. Um, let's see what else. And also, Amy's parents, I think, were very, very funny because they were excruciatingly loving.
1: Yeah, so Amy's a gay girl, and her parents are both Christians and very tolerant, and say, including Lisa Kudrow plays mm-hmm. the mother. Yeah, um, but as you say, excruciatingly so.
2: But but they, they love her so much that you can see that they probably spent nights crying about where did we go wrong? Yeah. And then they end up making, look, we've made you graduation food, and everything's named after something with graduation in it, um, and it all looks disgusting. But I love the comedy timing of that. I also like the fact that they were the backstop, whereas... You do feel, and I think this is really central. You know, for years we were told women aren't funny. I see myself naked. I know I'm funny, uh, but we're told that you know we can't have a sister movie where it's funny, where it's not forcedly funny. And I think that Amy and Molly are hilarious together. They laugh more than the, with each other than they would with anyone else. And I think that that's what's special about. I don't know what to call it. What's the opposite of a bromance? What's what's a romance? A romance. There you a go. Romance. Womance. We'll we'll coin that. I think that being in love and being dependent upon your best friend is what Booksmart shows very clearly. It doesn't need to be sexual, but it's just as intense as a romance. I think.
1: I actually probably laughed so hard I couldn't breathe in a certain scene in this film, which is uh, the Barbie scene. Oh. This is for those who've seen it, but Karen's just laughing <laughs> thinking about it. Um, I think maybe some very minor spoiler alert here, but there is some drug intake. And the way that the story is played out is that these two girls suddenly envisage themselves as Barbies. And I love the way that the fact that they're both high and they seem to be sharing a hallucination and a trip together. And that plays into what you're saying, is that, that their sense of humour is so aligned And that they themselves are so aligned that they actually have the same trip, Mm -hmm. and that it was really funny, but Mm. also really sweet.
2: What I loved about that was where Molly is getting really upset. She goes, "My legs are too long. This is ridiculous. Nobody could be like this." And Amy's going, "Wow, look, I've got bumps. These are great. I'm just gonna stay like this." And they're like, they're conflicted because they look great, but they also know it's wrong. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so the, exactly. This, this kind of touches on lots of feminist issues with a really, really light hand, doesn't it? And I mean, it's, it's written by several women, but one in particular, I think, Katie, that um, Olivia got in towards the end, um, has done an amazing job of making this very contemporary and touching on a lot of important issues. But, you know, with an affectionate mocking you know, oh, yeah. angle, really.
2: Absolutely. So I believe it was it was written about 10 years ago, the first draft anyway. And what I like about this is that it's modern, but it's not sort of makes a big deal about technology. It also kind of makes technology kind of lumpen. For example, they're, they're trying to get a car on their phone and their phones are dying, you know, or they leave their phones somewhere. And it just seems really, really natural.
1: Brilliant. Well, I would recommend people go and see Booksmart, as you well know. Would you, Karen?
2: I definitely would. I'm trying to think if anybody wouldn't enjoy it. I think if you if you go and you've got somebody that, that will laugh with you, I think definitely go. But also, I think keep your mind open if you think that women are different from men because, really, they're not that different.
1: Exactly. It's a film, I think, that will appeal to men and women. I know a lot of men that have loved this. Um, I think a lot of different ages, you know, whether you're a teenager or whether you're 40, 50, 60, I think you will enjoy it if, you, if you've got that spirit of friendship and partying. Uh, so, yeah.
2: Well, you know what I'm waiting for is I'm waiting for them to remake Book Smart with two men in the lead. <laughs>
1: Gender flipped, woo. woo, on the front page. Mm. Yes, then we'll know we've arrived as women, right? <laughs> That'll be Definitely. the time when those poor, you know, you know, discriminated against men will have their moment in the spotlight. Well, thank you, Karen, for coming to talk about Book Smart and for being a very fabulous girl on film. Stop. Thanks for listening to Girls on Film. The next episode will be recorded live at home in Manchester on June the 11th. Wendy Eide and Kate Muir will be joining me along with our very special guest, Maxine Peak. Go to homemcr.org to book tickets. Girls on Film is an HLA production produced by Hedda Archibald and Jane Long. Malala.